So I'm either going to like sell this stuff and figure it out or I'm going to have golf balls for me and my friends for the rest of my life. All right, this is episode three of Golf Needs You, a podcast where golf industry professionals, creators, and entrepreneurs can tell us a little bit about their personal stories and through their professional journeys and walk us through exactly how they got to where they are today. My guest today is Sam Wee Praffersorn. Sam is the CEO and founder of Cut Golf. Cut Golf is a Southern California-based golf ball brand as well as apparel, one of my favorite companies in the golf space, and Sam is one of my favorite guys that I've had a chance to meet and chat with along the way. Um, Sam does a ton for charity as, as through Cut Golf, as you'll hear about, and primarily the Canal Shores Relief Fund, which is going on right now. I uh, encourage you to check it out as you listen. CutGolf.co. Again, the Canal Shores Relief Fund, sponsored by Cut Golf. Thank you very much for listening. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Sam. It's getting lit, no drinking. All right, we're here with my friend Sam Wee Praprazorn, the CEO of Cut Golf. Sam, thank you so much for joining me, brother. I genuinely appreciate you. Of course. It's, it's good to be here, Will. Somebody stops you in an elevator and asks you what you do for a living. What do you tell them? Uh, I sell golf balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably underselling it a bit, but that is indeed what you do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I try to keep it as uh, simple and as you know as lighthearted as as possible. And um, you know, I'm I'm very fortunate to have been able to join the golf industry. You know, something that I'm very passionate about. And you know, I mean, there's that adage that you know about you know not uh, feeling like you have to go to work or you know go to your job. And I I completely relate to that. Um, every day here is like this adventure. Um, you don't know what, uh, what you're walking into you have a to-do list that you set the day before or the night before. And lo and behold, by about nine 30, that thing's completely blown out. Yeah. You are a, you are a popular dude on the podcast circuit. How many, how many podcasts have you done? Oh, <laughs> I, I, I think I've lost track by now, but the, the, the podcast format is like my favorite for, uh, format of media to do you know i think it's the one where there really isn't a time limit um you know that you're, you're having more of an open discussion versus say radio or print media where you know you either like radio you have a very finite amount of time to to give a response and then in print media i mean there's only so much that the uh the, the writer editors are gonna gonna use so sure well i'll try to keep it interesting then and try not to be too repetitive for stuff that you've already been talking about with other folks but you know one thing that I've kind of learned in my brief foray into podcasting is that you should hit the most interesting stuff first and with that being said I I wanted to make sure before we talk about anything else I wanted to give you a chance to talk about the the Canal Shores Relief Fund because that is pretty awesome. So yeah I mean I uh, you know this this whole thing of, of having to stay at home you know, for, for all of us, it, you know, it can be a little bit of a challenge. I got three kids here, you know, running around in the background and, and, you know, not being able to work with our staff on a day in day out basis, you know, it, it, it definitely stunts your production, but um, quite honestly, if those are the least of my issues, you know, and, and my friends and my family are healthy, I, I, I really have everything that I need. 
And I'm very fortunate for that. And what stopped me one day was, you know, the thought of, you know, the, the girl on the beverage cart, um, the kids in the cart barn that, you know, uh, scrub clubs at the end of, at the end of each, every round. And I'm like, wait, how are these people making their ends meet? Sure. They can go stand in the unemployment line. Sure. They're going to get a stimulus check, but still, I mean, they're also missing out on their tips. And I knew that, you know, I wanted to make sure that Cut did something to to help bring awareness to this and then also do whatever it could to to provide some relief for a chorus or for individuals out there that were affected by this. Yep. And then through our good friend Adam Fonseca over at uh, Golf Unfiltered, you know, he made a great introduction and he said, hey, you should you should talk to the folks over at Canal Shores. We had that discussion and and it was a great intro. And I know you you also made your efforts to you know to, to put a few things together and we're very appreciative of that. And in the end we found something that was gonna work. Um, you know, and, and we found something that we were able to support. Yeah, that's it's awesome. And and what, ten percent of all golf ball purchases and fifteen percent of apparel is, is going straight to, to Canal Shores, right? And you don't have to opt into anything, it's just it's off the top. That that that's correct. I mean, you know, all of our uh, all of our proceeds uh, from yesterday through the end of May will go to support Canal Shores. Um, and yeah, you don't have to opt in, and also you don't really have to buy anything. I mean, we there's a link on our website um, that if you just want to make a straight donation, that that option's there for you as well. That's really cool. I, I am really excited to see how that plays out, and. You know, the golfer in me is just excited to see golf open again, but I'll, I'll definitely keep an eye on Canal Shores. And I think that it's just cool. A lot of people, you know, out of tough times, it's cool to see when people kind of rally together to do something good. So kudos to you. Um, I, the purpose of this podcast, I guess, other than just me selfishly talking to interesting people, would be really to, to kind of look at the different ways that folks are carving out their uh, professional careers in golf, whether that's you know, creators or entrepreneurs or uh, PGA professionals, whatever it might be, um, because I'm, I'm personally interested to see all the different ways that folks can, can kind of cut it. And I guess I wanted to ask you just a little bit about your path to getting to cut and, and how you got to, to where you are now. Oh, boy. I mean, this is going to go way longer. You can, than you can give the Spark Notes well. version if you want. <laughs> Get the bullet points. Yeah. So, I mean, look, um, I, I've... I started my my professional career at a very early age, at the ripe age of eighteen. Nice work. I, I worked in the music industry, you know, for for the first half of my career, then moved over to the action sports industry, and then and then it was kind of like time to like grow up and go get a corporate job. Mm -hmm. I mean, after you know, I'm, I'm I have a college education, and you know, like you, you get married and you start a family, and you're like, okay. Like, time to be serious, right? So before all the family and the married married stuff happened, uh, I got in the solar industry um, and worked for essentially like some of the largest solar panel manufacturers, uh, you know, uh, in the world, and got a lot of great experience through there. Met a lot of great people, and then understood that like I still missed that you know, being able to lead, being able to be creative. And, you know, I, I was on the course one day over at Strawberry Farms, losing a ton of golf balls and said, all right, like, 
this the, there has to be a solution to losing expensive golf balls. This can't be the end all be all because we're seeing businesses like Dollar Shave Club and Harry's and all the mattress brands start coming out and offering that consumer an alternative. And I said, well, there has to be an alternative to the expensive golf ball. So I started doing my homework. And lo and behold, within like six months, you know, we had cut up and going. Wow. Six months? Yeah. I mean, we were very lucky to have run into, uh, so this is right around the time that Nike had made its exit from the hard goods space. And we're very lucky to be able to pinpoint, you know, one of Nike's uh, ball factories. Okay. And they, they were, as you can imagine, they, they were kind of sitting around do, doing a whole lot of nothing. Right. Yeah. I bet. And, and uh, you know, I stepped in and, and, and really being able to use my, my, my contract manufacturing experience, understanding how to negotiate supply agreements um, and then also developing, you know, developing the product itself, which is the golf ball and knowing, you know, like how to, how to, you know, how to make sure that you're making a product that's not going to infringe on a patent, you know, and, and, and get you into, you know, and any sort of issues on, on that end of things. So that's how I, I kind of got to where I'm at today. Man, that is so interesting. And, and maybe it's just me assuming what other people think, or maybe I'm just applying my own feelings, but was that intimidating? Like trying to start that, like, I wouldn't even know how to begin even, even like forming an LLC and all that. How did you even know how to start doing all that? Or did you just kind of jump in and figure it out? Yeah, a lot of that, like I'd either done in the past, you know, I've, I've, I've owned a business, in, you know, prior to this. So I've done a lot of that. And these days, I mean, with, with, with things like LegalZoom, and I mean, there's so many resources out there now sure. for, for entrepreneurs where you don't have to spend a ton of your own money to get something up and going. Um, so essentially by doing that, we were able to get the, the business up and going. Um, I'll never forget. We ordered right around a thousand dozen golf balls, you know, to kind of front the business. And <laughs> I laugh at it now, just thinking back on it, but like this, this pallet that was basically like chest height on me, you know, shows up at my, at like the garage of my house. And I'm like, okay, so I'm either going to like sell this stuff and figure it out, or I'm going to have golf balls for me and my friends for right. the rest of my life. So, right. uh, and, so it's a win-win you know, really. Yeah. And I mean, now it's, I mean, uh, the, you know, it's, it's obviously like, it's great to see your business grow to a point where you don't even, I mean, there's days where I, I, mean, I, I don't touch product anymore. Right. And I actually think that's kind of sad. Um, you know, now we have a big giant warehouse where you know, we got guys in there that, that just you know, take care of those order fulfillments. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, I, that for me is like the kind of a very humbling sort of thought is look where you started and you know like there's days where I like go through like all the old photos of cut and like wow and it's come from that to what what everyone knows it is today right remind me what year that would have been when you started uh so the idea the the aha happened uh, about October 2016 and we launched on March 20, 23rd, 2017. Wow, that's incredible. I, I didn't realize yeah. it was that fast. I knew that story about the aha moment, but I didn't realize it was six months. Um, most important question that I have written down here, why do golf balls have numbers on them? Uh, the player numbers? No, like, like why does a golf ball have a number on it? Like cut one, cut two. 
I don't understand why the golf uh, balls have numbers on them. Uh, so, so you're supposed to be. That's a very high level question. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know the answer. I believe, yeah, I believe the reason is it's so if you're playing. I believe. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> we can we can edit this out. Yeah. No, but I, if I'm not mistaken, so I know that it's referred to as the player number. Okay. Um, and I'm sitting here uh, using my putting mat in my garage right now. My player number is four. Okay. Um, so if you and I were playing this out of the same, uh, we were playing the same model ball, I would use a four and you would use a one, two, or a three, and then you'd be able to differentiate our ball. Interesting. It, uh, that's my, by the way, that is my, uh, I think we'll just go with it. You heard it here first. yeah. And, uh, by the way, I, I love these like these different numbers other than one, two, three, four. We don't do that, but I think the brands that do it, uh, I, like my, my hat's off to them. There you go. Uh, um, I was going to ask you to, uh, on a more serious note, do you would you consider yourself like your is your expert expertise more in like um, golf ball manufacturing or is it more like marketing? I, I guess what I'm getting at is because you know obviously golf balls vary in quality. You can't just throw any golf ball down and necessarily feel the same way you do it about a different golf ball. But I was talking to this dude the other day who made a, a really good living selling water. And he was saying that, you know, to be honest, man, it, it's just a game of, of marketing. Like that's what it is. Like it, um, you just slap your logo on the water bottle and then it's whoever can like do the best job in, in pushing that product out there. So I wonder if like that resonates at all, not to say that yeah. golf balls aren't distinguishable, but you know what I mean? Just because your marketing is so unique. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a sales guy, I'm a marketer first and foremost. I'm a business operator, um, right behind right behind uh, those two functions. And then golf ball design, I mean, as our business has become more sophisticated, we're now able to work with you know essentially golf ball a golf ball designer um, that is part of our staff and and really make adjustments to improve our product. Um, but quite frankly, I, I have a little bit more of a cynical view on the golf ball. I mean, really? I hope that, what's, yeah, the, I mean, what's the cynicism? Like, dude, it's fucking rubber. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If your name is Rory Tiger and DJ and Brooks, yeah, it's going to make a difference. All right. I, I won't dispute that. But when, when you're me, and the rest of us, you know, hovering somewhere between an 18 handicap to like maybe a nine or an eight. I mean, no disrespect to anyone, but it, look, it's a golf ball. Yep. Right. Yeah. I mean, no, I hear you. And, I know exactly what you're and, saying. Yeah. And I don't want people to mistake that for, for me saying, you know, quality is not important and performance isn't important. Yes, all those things are important. I agree. And I, when we started this brand, I was very clear in my intention. Like, we didn't want to just put out a $20 golf ball that was going to be garbage. Right. right? But, <laughs> I mean, I, I, we see a lot of the chatter out there in the marketplace. And it, it, it gets a little overblown. Sure. You know I mean? just like, you know? Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. It's, I mean, it's front and center on your, on your website there, basically. It's cutting crap. Um, that being said, this is 
just a question that I want to know because it's my podcast and I can ask whatever I want, but is there such thing as like a sustainable golf ball out there? You know, you mentioned the rubber. I've been wondering, I've been trying to find like a sustainable, there's even such a thing. First off, <laughs> you're right. It is your podcast and you can say whatever you want to say on it. And so I'm, I'm definitely going to gonna say you're absolutely correct in that statement. Um, yeah, I believe there was a brand called Dixon that made a oh, yeah. ball. I had some of those. Lost them. Yeah. Interesting. I've, I just have been thinking that, you know, with it seems like golf, it just seems like being like sustainable is about as trendy as hosting a podcast right now. So it's just something that I thought about in regards of, I wonder if Sam's thinking about that at all. Yeah. Uh, there might be a playability issue uh, right. going down that route. Unfortunately, you know, I, I mean, of course I don't want to do anything to have a negative harm on, on the environment. Sure. Um, but unfortunately, you know, a golf ball is not going to biodegrade. Yeah. I mean, well, I know for a fact that you are like an extremely like giving dude. So your non-sustainable golf balls aside, the cut invitational every year is pretty awesome. And you give a ton of money to charity. You're doing what you're doing with, with Canal Shores now. And I was going to, I wrote down like, how did cut golf become so popular with all the cool kids, like the Ben Lyons of the world and the Matt Cardises of the world. And then as I was kind of saying all the cool stuff you do, maybe, maybe that's exactly how you became so popular with the cool kids. Yeah, look, I, I think um, I think from from you know the you know early on, I would say that I think we're we're we're, we're we trailblazed the use of the Instagram social media quote unquote influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we owe our success to a lot of folks early on that that you know essentially helped us get the word out in a very cost efficient manner. And to those guys, I'm, 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 I'm just grateful for, you know, for life. <laughs> right. And, and we won't forget them. Um, and that's how, you know, we started a relationship with, with the Dollies of the world, Colorado golf blog. I mean, Sean over at golf ball, mm-hmm. I, I can sit here for, for a while and just name all these guys. And then we put the invitational on and, and, and for us, that was like a way of saying, Hey guys, thanks. Thanks for, thanks for the support. Um, and then guys like Matt Cardis and Ben Lyons are, are also very generous individuals, and they're they're very global citizens. Yep, they are. And that's something that's something that you know for me personally is uh, it's a pretty important thing, and and it lines up very well with with uh, with those two individuals. Um, but that's like that's me more on the personal side, and 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 there are moments where I do differentiate you know my personal outlook on things versus you know versus being the, the business operator sure um if it's cool with you I, I was gonna ask you know i'm curious like for folks especially in golf who are like in product manufacturing like what and, and you don't have to answer what the specific plan is for cut but for folks who are in the game of trying to like make a product is the end goal to sell that for most people or like what do you think most of these people are trying to do um like to, like, like to sell the I... company i mean Oh, you know what I mean? Like what, what, what's the end goal? Um, I think we all have a different, I think everyone's got a different motive. Yeah. A lot of, I think a lot of folks, you know, I think a lot of folks in my position actually join the industry because they go, Oh, well, I'm going to make golf my job. Right. Right. And you know this darn well, because you've tried to get me on the course and, (laughs) 
if you're if you are trying to be successful at golf just ex- or, i'm sorry in the golf industry just expect your golf scores to go <laughs> right no doubt i, I know exactly. success- i can concur <laughs> Yeah, as your success in golf goes up, so does your uh, handicap. <laughs> and, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It's yeah, it's funny. I just feel like I, I like hear like all from all these people who like feel like they're gonna, you know, start this thing and then Travis Matthews gonna buy him or whatever it might be. And, and I just don't know. Like, it's like, do you compete with those big dudes in that, or do you just try to like build your own lane and just build it out? And I'm always just interested in that regard. Sure. Um, two two more things before I let you go. I'm about at my quote of minutes that I told you I would take from you but I wanted to ask you I've, I've seen a lot about like you know the custom printing is that like a huge play for the future for you or is that just like a creative thing that you can offer as like a, a side thing no I mean we, we we bought a ball printer um, almost a year ago now ball print you know customization is just such a big part of right the overall golf industry mm-hmm. um, so we were you know that, that was something that from pretty early on, I mean, people would always ask us, can you, can you customize, can you customize? And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's now part of our core business and, um, I'm glad that we offer it. That's yeah, answer. absolutely. Uh, I was seeing a little, the quick laser printer on Instagram always gets me. I watch those every single time. For some reason it's like therapeutic to watch that thing firing off printing. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that I noticed was the cut club. What's up with the cut club? So the cut club is, you know, if you read about cut and, and it's the early stages of it, um, golf media always said it was going to be a subscription service, which is halfway true because I, I do, you know, that was one of the ideas that we had when we first, you know, when we were first putting it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I fought and resisted that idea. Um, if you want to sell your business, um, and if, if, if this thing was really being built to be sold off, we would have just gone down the subscription route. Because, right. You know, the, the venture capitalists in the world love reoccurring revenue. Right. Um, and then I always said, look, that'll never work. Um, the reason why it won't work is there's just too much seasonality to this game. And also it's a known thing that, it, you know, if you have a subscription-based business, uh, when you have attrition, meaning you lose a customer, it's really hard to get them back. Yeah, that makes total um, sense. I never thought about that. That makes total sense. Right. So, you know, once you hit unsubscribe, you're most likely not coming back. Um, I think it also starts to lend itself for having a bad customer experience because if you don't use it, and, you know, if you're sitting there with like 10, 12 dozen golf balls that you never used, yeah, you're almost going to resent us for that, right? <laughs> right. So the workaround was, hey, let's start a rewards program. Um, we are moving away from, you know, bulk discounts. We're moving away from, you know, flash sales. And I mean, there's things, there's, there's certain areas of things where we can do a little bit of that. But look, our product has enough value as it is. There is no reason to keep on making it a lower cost. Right. So in order to incentivize and reward our customers, now we just do, you know, this point system. Um, so, you know, you get points for uh, following all of our social platforms. You get points for on your birthday. Um, and that way you're not sitting there, um, you know, doing like, hey, 25%, 30% discounts. Um, 
at, at any given moment. So yeah, that was I, the whole basis behind the club. I think it's really cool. I I uh, bought some merch last night to support the fund, and I forgot to sign in to my ID. I'm gonna have to get that handled. I know a guy though. I have to get that attributed to my account, my points. Yeah, you do. Yeah, we can. <laughs> and by the way, I mean, if anyone's listening to this and they've gone through the same thing, just get a hold of us. There's a way to manually assist the situation. Perfect. My my final question. And I'll let you get back to the kids. Um, I I basically have just been putting everyone on the spot and asking them because it's really a, a rush to break some news. I need you to break some news. You've already kind of broken some with Canal Shores, but if you've got any other breaking news you want to share, this is your moment to tell it to the world. (laughs) (laughs) This is really putting us on the spot. I know, it's stressful, isn't it? I mean, how much breaking news can you have in the middle of a pandemic? Well, you could could break the news that uh, my my new fledgling podcast has an official sponsor. Oh, yeah. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we uh, cut off is the official sponsor. <laughs> What's the name of your podcast? Uh, we're gonna call it Golf Needs You because I feel like golf needs you to be yourself, and golf needs all these different entrepreneurs and creators. So it's the Golf Needs You podcast. I love the name, and I'm more. I mean, I'm I'm honored that we're supporting the Golf Needs You podcast. So um, that this is business one hundred and one. You put somebody on the spot. And then you force their hand into sponsoring your podcast. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> you like that? I'm going to give you a laundry list of people you should have on. You, you got so you know, like a, a, a strong negotiating tactic in the future. That one's yeah, on me. You should, you should have like all the car dealers come on and uh, you know, yeah. real estate brokers. And, you know, yeah, yeah you'll, you'll, you'll end up with a nice stable of uh, things that you need. There you have it. Breaking news. Cut Golf is now sponsoring my podcast. Sam, I appreciate you in more ways than one. You've always been so helpful to me in everything that I've been doing. And I just I appreciate you. And I try to help you in whatever little ways that I can as well. Well, I appreciate it, Will. And this, this was a lot of fun. Thanks, brother. Enjoy the rest of your day. Good luck on the relief fund. And I'll be sure to, to promote it any way that I can. All right. Thank you. I appreciate the support. Thanks, Sam. Later. Mm-hmm.